It's great to be sharing today with you guys in person here in the room and live on the line. Great to be with you all. Thank you. I got a little giggle. That was great. I can't see your all lovely smiles, so feel free throughout the sermon to add your amen um, as we track along. So as David said, we're continuing our in-depth look at stronger faith. And if you've been with us these last few weeks, you realize that we're asking the question, how do we become stronger in our faith? And strength, as we understand it and the world understands it, often means that you can do or face anything. If you put your head down and put a brave face on, you can come out the other side of anything that stands against you. Or strength is something that you can earn or gain. If you put the time and effort in at the gym, you literally gain strength. And to be strong also means that you're independent. You can stand on your own without any help. You've got this. But God wants us to understand today that his definition of strength is completely different. It's the opposite. To be strong is to be honest and quick to say, I can't do this. This is too hard. To be strong is to be humble enough to recognize that there are things in this life we will not be able to earn. Bars and standards set that we won't be able to meet, and that is okay. And to be strong is to be completely dependent on God, reliant on him for everything. Now, I don't know about you, but I kind of cringe against this, and our world would look at that and call it weakness. That's weak. To admit that you're struggling, to say, you know, I can't, I'm not even going to try because I know this isn't going to be something I can achieve. And to be reliant on someone or something else for everything that you need, that sounds weak, not strong. But what God wants us to understand today is that if we understand our faith and live our lives by the world's definition of strength, we will only ever be as strong as we are. Our faith will be limited to our capabilities, what we can see and believe, what we can physically attain, and how much we can be on our own. And if we're honest, we can't get very far. (laughs) We can only do so much. But if we live our faith and our life based on God's definition of strength, then our faith not only becomes unlimited, but left to him. The God who has never come against anything he couldn't face, who has already fulfilled everything for us through Christ on the cross, and who dwells within us through the Holy Spirit. And how I think we set right our understanding of strength and the definition of this is one phrase that I think the Lord has for us today, genuinely has for you and I to hear and understand and let sit with us. And that is, my grace is sufficient. My grace is sufficient. For the young people, stressed and overwhelmed with anxiety because your exams look insane right now, because you don't know how you're going to figure out gap years or uni in the midst of COVID, God says, my grace is sufficient. To the parents who are struggling, homeschooling and work and just the trauma and effects of what we've been through on top of finances and loving your partner and your children, God says, you don't have to do it all. My strength and grace is sufficient. 
To those of us who find ourselves saying, there are so many people who need me to be so many things, and I don't think I can be who they need me to be, God says, my grace is sufficient. And this phrase comes directly from the Lord's mouth, a promise to us found in Scripture. Let's look at where we find it together now. My grace is sufficient comes from a letter from Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12. In this passage, Paul is explaining this exchange he has with God. What happens is Paul has this thing he calls a thorn in his flesh or a thorn in his side. There's a lot of educated guesses as to what exactly that is. Some people say it's physical, emotional, even relational. We don't know exactly what he is struggling with, but what we know is that he has cried out to God again and again saying, remove this from me. Remove this hindrance so I can be at full strength. And in verses 9 to 10, we see God's response and Paul's response to him. Let's read this together. The words will come up on the screen. In 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9, Paul writes God's response. He says, he, God, said to me, my grace is sufficient for you because power is made perfect in weakness. So I'll gladly spend my time bragging about my weaknesses so that Christ's power can rest on me. Therefore, I'm all right with weaknesses, insults, disasters, harassment, and stressful situations for the sake of Christ, because when I'm weak, then I'm strong. What God wants to give us today is a release from having to try so hard to be so many things, to be strong for everything that we face, and to do this all on our own. And I believe there's something so powerful in that phrase for us. And we can allow, as Paul did, the power of Christ to rest upon us by really, really opening ourselves up to the fact that God's grace is sufficient. So let's take a moment to look at what that means. And I think there are two sides to that statement, that if we allow ourselves to process those two things, that we can really step into the fullness of God's grace, into the fullness of what that statement means, and find ourselves in a similar position to Paul. The first thing is that for God's grace to be sufficient in our lives, we have to accept grace in full. We have to accept grace as it is. We often water down grace by seeing it as some participation ribbon. You've accepted Christ, congrats, here's some grace, well done. And we don't see it as a necessary part of our day-to-day -day life. Or we use grace as a get-out-of-jail-free card, only ever thinking of it and using it, pulling it out whenever we get in trouble or we sin or we mess up, we say, it's okay, there's grace. But grace in full is defined as receiving what we don't deserve. Grace is receiving what we don't deserve. And to accept that in full means we have to admit there are some things we think we deserve. <laughs> We've got to be honest with ourselves. And it hurts. It's a hit to the ego to say, I think I'm owed things in this life. And often we may not even realize that's the way we're thinking. But then something goes wrong and you think to yourself, I don't deserve this. You get passed up for a promotion at work. And you say, but I earned that. I put all that time and effort and energy in. That was mine. 
Or you find that you start your morning and you spill your drink on yourself and your family's driving you nuts and the internet isn't working and you just think, this isn't fair. Implying that you deserve smooth, perfect, easy days every day of the week. I mean, sounds great, but do we really deserve that? Or something goes wrong, not according to our own plan. We don't get to see our friends because we go into another lockdown. We don't get the news we wanted to receive. And we find ourselves saying, but I'm a good person. God, I'm one of yours. Why me? We all think we deserve some things. But what grace naturally tells us is that we don't deserve those things. Because grace in full is Christ on the cross. A perfect, blameless man, both man and God, who took on all of our sin, bore that weight for us so that we could be free. Because God knew that we weren't going to be perfectly good, perfectly patient, perfectly kind every single day of our life. So Christ paid the price and gave us grace, letting us receive what we don't deserve. There is power in admitting, I don't deserve this. It's not shameful. It's not bad. There is power in admitting, I don't deserve this. Because what it does is it helps us let go of the rights we're clinging to, to the idea that I earn what I have. And our hands are open to receive fully what God has done for us. And what we receive is we receive God as sovereign, Christ as sacrifice, and the Holy Spirit as sanctifier. Would we let go of what we think we're owed, we are able to keep God on the throne, sovereign in our lives, the one who creates the good and perfect plans for us. We allow Christ to be the sacrifice, fulfilling what we're trying so hard to earn. And it's up to the Holy Spirit to guide and produce things in us, to lead us rather than our own devices and plans. What do we think we deserve? It's not a fun question to answer. (laughs) But I think we have to ask it. For God's grace to be sufficient, we can't filter grace out to be comfortable. Because when we do, we miss out on God in full. And that's who we have a relationship with. A God who doesn't hold back. A Christ who didn't just die for some things. And the living spirit of God within us. Who when we invite him to, impacts every area of our life. So what do we think we deserve? And will we admit that? Let it go to grasp fully what we've received. The next aspect of allowing God's grace to be sufficient is letting go of being self-sufficient. God cannot be sufficient for us if we are 
if we are trying so hard, God isn't going to be enough because we're standing in the way. We have to stop trying to be strong. We have to stop trying to be enough and do it on our own. Because we read from 2 Corinthians, Paul says that when I am weak, I am strong. Now we're taught, I think, in different ways in relationships and experiences and just lies from the enemy that weakness is wrong and scary. But that is not true. And we're told this lie because the enemy wants to keep us isolated and quiet. Because if we hold back when we need help, if we don't tell someone, I can't do this, then we're left to deal with it on our own. And shame can build up and exhaustion can build up and we hit a rock bottom instead of being open and honest. And I have to admit, this is the hardest part for me when it comes to understanding God's grace is sufficient. I actually reached out for some help to my family and friends and asked, hey, do you remember the last time I said I can't do this? And my dad's exact response was, hey, chick, I can't remember you ever saying that, Um, which definitely was convicting. (laughs) See, I believe through my experiences that if I was weak, I would be rejected. Because who wants to be friends with the person who's always struggling? People will tire of you. But that is a lie. I believe that if I'm weak, I'm going to fail. Because while I'm dealing with this, sitting in my weakness, life is moving on. My job continues, relationships continue, responsibilities continue. And so if you don't stay on top of them, they're all going to come crashing down. But that is a lie. I was led to believe that weakness means you will be stuck where you are forever. Whatever the circumstances, if you don't fix it, who's going to? It's up to you. But that is a lie. There is power in confessing, I can't do this. To hold our hands up and say, this is too hard. This is too much. I can't do this. I can't be who they need me to be. Paul got it. That's why it says he bragged about his weaknesses. I mean, who wants to go out there and brag about their weaknesses? But here Paul is saying, I will brag about my weaknesses in the face of insults, disasters, harassments, and stressful situations, because he understood that when we confess, I can't do this, we're not just saying the words, but what we're saying is we're holding our hands up and we're extending an invitation to God to come into our lives and take control. We're asking Christ to fulfill and step in when we can't, and we are relying on the Holy Spirit to equip us. One of the few times that I admitted I can't do this happened to be one of the biggest turning points in my life. Several years ago, I found myself in just a pit of depression. And it was slow and sudden all at the same time. And I just felt everything. And I felt so numb, like I had just been stuck underwater. 
And a few weeks went by, and I was dealing with it on my own, and I was bearing it, and I was just trying to be strong. And my friends gave a little intervention. <laughs> and while it took that intervention to get me in the space to admit this, the second I admitted, I can't do this, I am not okay, what I found in that was a release of shame and an outpouring of support. There was not rejection. And actually, by saying that, I realized that I wasn't alone in the fight. And so I continued to say, I can't do this. I told people in my life who were important to me, and I was able to get support even in counseling, something that I couldn't financially afford at the time. But because I said, I can't do this, support came in. And I found myself having open conversations with God as well in my prayer time saying, God, I can't do this. I don't want to talk to you right now because I can't feel anything and I feel too much. And I found myself sleeping peacefully at night when I couldn't before. And finally, it brought me to this one last, I can't do this here in this room. On a Sunday morning during a response time, I went up to our very own lovely Helen Roberts, and I told her what was going on, and I said, I can't keep doing this. And she prayed for me, and as she prayed for me, she spoke the words that Jesus spoke on the cross, which is, it is finished. And she kept saying those words over me over and over again, and it was like the ocean I had been drowning in parted, and I found the weight of depression lifted and I have not felt it since. I'm not saying that's a step-by-step -step method for all of our problems, but there is a massive difference in my life, all because I said, I can't do this. It wasn't what I wanted to say. It wasn't natural for me. It was hard. It was painful to be honest and to admit that something was bigger and stronger than me. But when I did, my life turned around. My burdens were lifted, not just in the depression, but having to be strong enough to get through it, doing it on my own. There is power in confessing, I can't do this. When we say, I can't do or be this, God says, I am. He says, I am. Because he is our king, our sovereign, says, I am. I can do this. I have done it. Christ is your sacrifice. When we say, I can't face this, God says, I am here. There's a beautiful passage in Isaiah 58, verse 9, which says, the Lord says, if you cry out to me, I will say, I am here. But the original language that that verse is in is Hebrew. And the Hebrew word for I am here is hineni, which is a heartfelt declaration. It's not a statement. There's emotion behind it, a heartfelt declaration. And it means that when we read that passage, what it actually says is if you cry out to me, the Lord promises, surely I am here. With his whole being, his whole self, he promises us that he is present and with us through it all. When we truly know God's grace is sufficient, our burden is lifted. It's not on us anymore. 
And we experience the freedom that Paul describes. I recognize we're having a little technical issues, but that's not going to stop. So I'm going to keep preaching the word of God. Um, His grace is sufficient to cover all of that as well. So when we truly know God's grace is sufficient, we can let go of being self-sufficient. We don't have to try so hard and we don't have to be alone in what we're doing. We can look at the news that is full of death, racism, hatred, and injustice, and we don't have to sit in it or feel the weight of it on our own, but we can take it to God and say, God, I can't handle all of this right now. And we can be moved to invite him into situations way bigger than us. When we face having to forgive someone that we can't forgive, We can say, God, I can't do this and rely on the forgiveness we've received through Christ to do the work for us, to change our hearts and to extend forgiveness through that broken relationship. And when we feel like we can't keep being everything that everyone needs us to be, juggling all the things that we have in our life, big and small, day-to-day and big life plans, The Lord comes in and he says, my grace is sufficient. And the Holy Spirit empowers us, takes things off of our plate, but also equips us for the things that we're juggling. Will we admit, I can't do this today? Are we ready to let go of being self-sufficient and really receive the power we have through our relationship with God. Allow him to be our strength. If there's one thing that we leave here with today, it is that. That statement that the Lord is saying directly to each of us. My grace is sufficient. And in that statement, recognizing the fullness of grace we've received and the freedom of finding God sufficient and being lifted from us the burden of having to be strong enough, good enough, and being able to rely solely on Him. So in a moment, we're going to respond to this together. And we've got a worship video that hopefully we'll play. Um, If not, we'll pray it through. But in the beginning of this video, there's going to be some instrumental in that phrase, my grace is sufficient. And I really want us to sit with that, to open our hearts and minds to the Holy Spirit and ask the Lord to let that set in our hearts for us to feel the freedom and truth in that statement, my grace is sufficient. And then we're going to go into worship and feel free to sing along or just let the words be spoken over you as we listen to them. So I'm going to pray and then we'll play that video. Father, we thank you for your grace. Help us understand 
and the freeing, life-changing way that Paul and so many others have understood before us that your grace is sufficient. Show us, Holy Spirit, where we have watered down grace. Help us accept it in full. And help us let go of where we've been self-sufficient. We don't want to do this on our own anymore. We don't want to do it in our own strength. We want to rely upon you. Speak to us now, Holy Spirit. We're listening. And then we open our hearts and lives for you to move and free us in all the ways that we need. In your name we pray. Amen. been told to be ashamed. Lord, I've been told I don't measure up. Lord, I've been told I'm not good enough, but you're here with me. I reach out and you find me 
door He said no amount of untruth Can separate us I reach out I reach out and you Find me said no amount of untruth can separate us I reach out and you find me in the dust you said no amount of untruth can separate us and I will rejoice in the simple gospel and I will rejoice in you Lord I will rejoice in the simple gospel
His grace is sufficient. 